You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Join us for our weekly broadcast, His Abounding Grace, with Minister Vanessa Williams. That's every Tuesday at 7 p.m. On Wednesday afternoons at 1 p.m., join Reverend Gwendolyn Dixon for the Midday Glory Prayer Line. The dial-in number is 641-715-3580. The access code is 732-499. And Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., Challenge to Change, where real transformation begins with you. That's with Pastor Paul Morgan of Chosen Generation Ministries in Richmond, Virginia. On Thursdays, live at 12 noon, join Reverend Pat Randall for Declaring the Finished Work for an hour of worship, exhortation, and prayer. Reverend Ray and friends are here on Friday nights at 7 p.m. with the joy of the Lord on Friday Night Joy. Sundays at 7 p.m., join Reverend Ray for Bread of Life for a word in season. And don't forget our monthly broadcast. First Mondays of every month at 7 p.m., Be blessed with the teaching ministry of Apostle Shirley Jones on Lifeline. On third Mondays at 7 p.m., join Evangelist Louis McElwain for Adoration, a broadcast of worship and ministries on the mission field. Second Saturdays of the month, join Reverend Curtis, Reverend Novena, and Minister Jordana for Bold and Beautiful a youth and young adult broadcast setting the world on fire with the love of Jesus. All broadcast times are Eastern Standard Time. Hey family, I want to introduce our newest broadcast that joined us in 2018, The Marriage Take Over the Body of One, hosted by Reverend Eric and Reverend Tamika Thompson. They will be addressing a wide range of topics that will serve to encourage you and to strengthen your marriage. So remember that every third Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, The Marriage Take Over over the body of one. When Christian Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry, we are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul When Christian Speak Talk Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, so all of your gifts to this ministry are tax deductible. 
So go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com, and click on our donation page. Adoration Mission Statement Adoration is defined as an intense admiration of the Lord Jesus Christ, culminating in our reverence and worship of Him. Our broadcast is dedicated to exploring the many ways we show our adoration in prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, praise, worship, dance, song, missions, outreach, and Bible study. In adoration, we come before our Lord to have frank and compelling conversation with believers who embody the act of uncompromising appreciation for how the Lord provides for us and to reverence the very essence of who He is. We invite our listeners to sojourn with us to the throne of grace each month and continue to draw nigh to our Savior in love through our adoration.
to be able to promote the victory that comes through knowing you and being able to encourage, to inspire, and to enlighten those who hear your holy word. We thank you for the opportunity, oh God, because, Lord God, because we are still alive and are still living, that, oh God, we have the opportunity to bless and to praise your holy name. And tonight, oh God, we rebuke the devourer for your sake. In your name, oh God, we lift up holy hands in adoration, oh God, that those who are listening tonight and those who will listen will be inspired, will be encouraged, and for those who don't know who you are, that they would simply ask, what must I do to be saved? We adore you, oh Lord, thus the name adoration. Oh, God, we just adore every aspect about you, oh, God. Even the mysteries, oh, God, that uh, that you have before us, Lord, the things that we can't understand, the things that we can't possibly grasp with our own minds. Lord God, we praise you and we lift our hands in praise and holy worship unto you. We thank you for your son, Christ Jesus. We thank you for all those who are behind the scenes tonight, making sure that there are no glimpses or anything with this uh, broadcast. We just honor you, oh God, that your word will go forth tonight. We claim it in victory in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And amen. Welcome, my beloved, to Adoration. I am your host, Evangelist Mac. And as always, I just welcome you with the joy of Jesus in my heart. I am always excited, whether we have a guest on or whether it's just me breaking open the Word of God. We had this wonderful opportunity to be able to share the Holy Scriptures, to share the things that he has inspired to say through me, and tonight is no different as we continue our series of Are You Living for Prosperity or Promise? Are you living for prosperity or promise? And the subtitle for tonight, and I'm excited about this because we have the V-I-C-T-O-R-Y victory. And victory is mine. Victory today is mine, and it is yours. And so we want to talk about it. We want to spread the good news about this victory, and we're using uh, this lesson uh, that we've been dealing with for the uh, past few months, uh, Are You Living?
living for prosperity or promise. So again, our foundational scripture is found in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24, and I'm going to read that for your hearing. Uh, this is all coming out of the King James, it is, and it reads like this. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Now, the beautiful thing about this, beloved, is on next Monday will be the last Monday for a while that I'm doing a fourth Monday broadcast. So we are going to break down as part of our conclusion or what I am calling the wrap-up. We're going to talk about Matthew 6 and really break it down. But for tonight, I just want to go back over uh, – some things that we have dealt with in the previous lesson where we talked about adversity and conflict. Uh, and we understand that that comes along with our Christian experience. And we're using the 1999 movie called The Matrix as a reference and outline to some amazing biblical principles. Now, the principles that we have covered are as follows. Number one principle, life without understanding. Principle number two, the realization you are unfulfilled. Principle number three, seeking truth. Principle number four, rebirth and cleansing. Principle number five, training and discipleship. Principle number six, which we dealt with uh, last month, adversity and conflict. And principle number seven, where we will dwell tonight, is victory. Now, I don't think I'm stretching the imagination much by stating we all want to live a victorious life. 
for much of these lessons, we have focused on the prosperity factors this world offers. And and we can kind of see how the world is coming at us, everything that fascinates the mind, everything that seduces us and induces us to purchase or to spend unwisely to uh, invest in things or people that have no value, no, uh, in other words, no eternal value. And so, you know, for so long, we, we focused on the prosperity factors that this world offers, but what about God's promises? So in the Matrix movie, we have our protagonist, and he goes by the name of Neo. And Neo is going through the principles that I just stated earlier, starting with a life full of frustration and confusion on who he was and who he was destined to be. He took a chance by making a choice to leave the mundane, manipulated world of his natural understanding and pursue a life with one promise, the truth. Through regeneration and rebirth, he begins to learn and train. Having a disciple trainer in Morpheus to guide him through the obstacles and adversities that come with this new reality. All this with the end result of coming face to face with his adversary and defeating him, thus gaining the victory. My beloved, we do have an adversary. And, and, and it's very important that I stress this. We do have an adversary. And we're going to talk about this adversary because in order to really understand how we gain the victory in Christ, we got to know what is against us. So we have an adversary, and this adversary goes by some of the names that I'm getting ready to share with you. The first name that we're very familiar with is Satan. Now, interesting enough, that name is found 52 times in the scriptures. Uh, I'm going to pull out one verse of scripture that uh, talks about that name, which is in Job, verse, uh, excuse me, chapter one, verse six, and we all know about that and how Satan had to approach God in order to eventually have the permission of God to uh, inflict some things on Job. And remember, those things were inflicted on Job with God's permission knowing that Job was victorious enough to overcome the wiles of Satan. 
he has another name that's called Daystar. And that's a name that in its meaning means a bearer of light. And it was a name that was bestowed upon him before the fall of himself and third of the angels that were cast out. And in the Latin translation of that name is the name that we hear most often, Lucifer. And so we have to understand how our adversary is coming and by what name he is coming by because the scriptures talk about him all the time. We know that in spite of him being the day star, that we know that the true star, the true light, is Jesus. And we find that in 1 John 1 and 9, where it says the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world, and that was Jesus coming in. We also know of our adversary as the son of the morning. You can find that in Isaiah 14, verse 12. He's also referred to in Ezekiel 28, verse 14, as the anointed cherub. Remember, cherub is being an angel, so he's an angel. And, you know, he was once anointed, but we know that, again, he fell from grace. But, we, but his name, the anointed cherub, in Ezekiel. Of course, the popular name that we know simply the devil. And we hear that name in Matthew 4, verse 1, as the devil uh, was the one who tempted Jesus in the wilderness. And we know that Jesus was led by the Spirit to go into that wilderness to eventually prove that. Satan or the devil has no real power. Remember, the devil, the very definition of his name means to be a slanderer, okay? And what he does, and the worst of his crime, is to slander God and thus slander humanity. And in the Garden of Eden in particular, he slandered the very character of God using Adam and Eve as his subjects. We also know of our adversary as the tempter. Find that also in Matthew 4, verse 3. We hear that he's a ruler of demons. You can find that in Matthew 9, verse 34. In Matthew 12, 24, he is referred to as Beelzebub. And that name means Lord of the Flies. So think about that when you're watching the popular secular movie, Lord of the Flies, and to see what that name is derived from, but also not just Lord of the Flies, but here's an interesting one, Lord of Dung. And if you don't understand what Dung means, let's just say it is waste. And so 
identified with dung is not to be identified with Christ. He is referred to in Matthew 13, verse 19, as the evil one. We also refer to him as our enemy. He is both a liar and the father of lies. And you can read about that in John chapter 8, verse 44. In fact, it says this, you are your father, the devil. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own nature, for he is a liar and the father thereof. Wow. Our adversary is a murderer. In John 8:44 again, it refers to him as one who is a murderer from the very beginning. He is presently, and this is key to understand, he is presently the ruler of this world. Satan is the ruler of world, which is why this world takes on the characteristics of his of his father. And so we who believe cannot take on the nature of this world unless we are really saying that we are hypocrites and we identify with our true father, which would be Satan. And we do not identify with him. Thus, we have to identify with God. Because remember, in Matthew 6, you're either serving God or mammon. And mammon is just the world. He is the God of this age. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says, In whom... The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should not dawn upon them. In other words, that light of God through Christ will not dawn upon them, will not shine upon them because they are blinded by the God of this age. He is also the ruler of the authority of the air. In Ephesians 2, verse 2, it says, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, and that's a lowercase s, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. He's a roaring lion, beloved. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may 
devour. You can find that in 1 Peter 5, verse 8. He is the angel of the abyss. Look at this in Revelation 9-11. They have as king over them the angel of the pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in Greek, he is called Apollyon. Wow. He's also referred to as the dragon. And the great dragon was cast down, the old serpent, he that is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. Revelation 9, excuse me, Revelation 12, verse 9. He's that old serpent. Also in Revelation 12:9, he is the deceiver of the whole world. Remember, he is a fallen angel, and he is an accuser of God's people. Revelation 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven proclaiming, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our comrades has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. Wow. Beloved, the first step in obtaining victory in Christ is to know who your adversary is and how he operates. He promises you the world that's the title of this, this whole series. He makes promises that are worldly, but it is really a bait and switch ploy. And if you don't understand the meaning of bait and switch, let me break it down to you. That means he advertises great products at great values, great prices or no prices at all. These things, oh my goodness, they look good to the eye. They smell wonderful to the nostrils. They feel great to the touch. They build up vanity. They build up self-esteem. They take you away from spirituality that is of Christ, and it puts you into the land of bling and chingy ching ching, okay, the land where we value the things 
that we possess, that we obtain the statuses that we live in or the promotions that we receive from a worldly perspective, those things are the things that he puts before us to bait us into a mind manipulation, a heart, uh, a heart separation from God. And we have to be cognizant of his means and ways of getting us off track to our goal, which is Christ Jesus, or for tonight, our victory. So, and when we go and we view these things that he puts before us, this is what we usually find out. We find that either the products are out of stock, which means that it forces us to go after another product that's at a higher price with possibly less value, or we find that the products in question are not as appealing, not as alluring, not as valuable, not as durable as advertised. Our adversary plays us. Did you hear what I said? He plays us based on these three things. Number one, lust of the flesh. Number two, lust of the eyes. Number three, the pride of life. Look at what uh, it says in 1 John 2, verses 14 through 17. It says this, I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, here we go, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, I have said a mouthful right there, my beloved, but understand this, that everything that the world offers us is temporary. I mean, 
Think about this. You know the adage, you buy a new car, and seconds after you drive that brand new Lexus off the parking lot, somebody hits it. And the moment that the vehicle has been hit, the value of it has already been reduced, and cosmetically, it no longer carries the same value financially or uh, cosmetically in our hearts. It's the same with the promises of this world. I mean, the, 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 the adversary promises us so much if we would just follow him, okay, he promises us riches. Everything is about making money. Everything is about the world's prosperity. Everything is about, uh, oh, identifying with the inner me, the inner self, the one that has no relationship with any greater power because, again, the lyrics of the song says that we're, you know, we are great. We are the greatness. We are the ones who are empowered. We are God. This is what our world promotes. Understand this. I don't care whether you're going to yoga classes where they tell you to meditate and to get into your inner mind, into your inner being. I'm telling you that those are hidden tricks of our world to seduce us. And so we have to be cognizant of these things because all of them are temporary and they lead to our demise, our devastation, not to our victory. My God, my God, if I could help you all to understand that the ploys of our adversary are so slick so cunning and so ruthless. He can take words and twist them. He can take songs and manipulate them out of the original context into something that's sordid and something that is divisive for our lives. That is no way to live a victorious life, my beloved. Now look, listen Further, as the Apostle John gives us a glimpse into the state of our world, even tonight. Listen to this from 1 John chapter 2. We're going to go beyond what we just read to verses 18 through 20. It says this, little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that anti-Christ, let me stop right there. Remember, if it's not Christ, it can only be anti. So that anti-Christ shall come. Even now are there many anti-Christs, whereby we know that it is the last time. Let's stop right there. Think about your world. Think about the moral 
the moral decay of the present times that we live in. Think about it. I don't care whether you're in your uh, mid-50s like I am, if you're older than that, if you're a little bit younger than that, you can look back uh, enough in your own experience to see that the moral fiber of our world is in decay. And it is all speaking to the things that are talked about right here in First John. Let me continue in verse 19. It says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. In the Matrix movie, Neo must confront his adversary, and his adversary in this movie is Agent Smith. And Agent Smith, represents all the characteristics of Satan, but is limited within the confines of the matrix. Now, just like our adversary, Agent Smith has great moves, and he's very powerful. Don't ever get it twisted. There is power there, just not the ultimate power. He can contort He can transport beyond the wildest imaginations. However, he has no real concept of liberty and victory because he is ultimately the concept and creation of a higher power than himself or a power that is greater than he is. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? As the movie progresses, spoiler alert, if you can spoiler alert a movie from 1999, Neo is eventually able to defeat Agent Smith. But here's the kicker. Only after coming into the knowledge that he is the one. So, of course, the question is, well, what does that mean to us? What does being the one? Now, we know that Christ is the ultimate one. He is the one. But through him and in him, we also can be one with our Father in heaven through him, through Christ. Look. One for the Christian is to know fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You can find that in Psalm 139, verse 14. Fearfully and wonderfully made by God. So that eradicates 
any theories of evolution because we were handcrafted by God, okay? And we are wonderful when we come into the fullness of who we are supposed to be in him. And we know that God has given us our whole lifetimes, whatever amount of time that he gives us on this earth to perfect that life, that we may be one with being the one means you know you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, identifies us as so. I mean, royal priesthood means that we have identification with royalty. In other words, when we accept Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives and we fall in line in discipleship and become disciples of the Most High God, we are in a royal priesthood relationship with our Father through Christ. We are a chosen generation because remember, many will cry out, Lord, Lord, and be denied the privilege of ever entering into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Don't get it twisted. That we are chosen, okay, and we are a chosen generation, and as a chosen generation, we ought to act like we belong. Yes, I said it. We are also a peculiar people. We are out of step with this natural world. We cannot go along with the rhythms of this world. So anytime somebody goes up to you and says, well, we're going to do some worldly things because that's going to help us get more disciples, then you already know that they are following after the world's principles and not being peculiar, knowing that we have to be against the darkness of this world. We have to be against the accuser of the brethren. We have to be against the one who is called a murderer and a slanderer. We have to understand this, beloved. We have to know that we are a peculiar people set aside by God for a time such as now. And we have to walk in that peculiarness, in that chosenness, and in that royalness that he has bestowed upon us. Being the one means you were made in the image of your creator. In Genesis 1, verse 27, shares that with us. Being the one means you have access to the promises of God. So, what are 
these promises. They're probably saying, Evangelist Max, for the past few months, you've been getting us up to this point. We've talked about all this stuff leading to what's not the world's prosperity, but what are the promises of God? Well, I'm glad you asked, because here are some of the promises of God that I was able to jot down, and there are so many that I will probably not get through all of these, but let me give you um, just a, a, a little a teaser here. If you want to find the book in the Bible that carries the most promises that God has given to his people, go to Isaiah. I promise you, you will see that there are more than enough promises there to keep us sustained for eternity. But let's look at some promises. In Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you. Also in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You have long life in honoring your father and your mom, your mother. That's the promise of God. Let me pull some from Isaiah. Isaiah 40, verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. So in other words, you know, uh, I, the songwriter says, you know, let the weak say I am strong. You know, so that's what God promises us, his strength. Isaiah 43, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Beloved, listen to what God is saying. You will pass through the waters. He never said that there wouldn't be uh, struggles. There are going to be waters. There are going to be rivers. There are going to be fires. They're going to blaze before us. But we will be able to sustain through them. We will be able to swim over them. We will be able to overcome them and not be burned by them. We have to understand the promises of God. That is our victory, to understand his promises. Another one from Isaiah uh, 54, verse 17, the one we call upon all the time. No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given 
to you. He's a giver, beloved. He will look away from your faults and give unto your bosom. 1 John 1, 9. We love this one. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, like the songwriter, I think came out of Hezekiah Walker, he'll make you clean inside. That's what he's saying right there. He will purify us. In Psalms, he talks about with hyssop. He will purify us and clean us up and make us white as snow. In other words, pure before him. Second Chronicles 7.14, we say it all the time. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Heal their land. Forgive them. Heal them. All we have to do is humble ourselves before him. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. The Lord goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. How do we live victoriously if we're hanging our heads down in defeat every time an obstacle comes before us? Victorious living means that we understand that he never leaves us, no matter what. And in fact, when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, his rod and his staff comforts us. We rely on it. We know that we're going through, but it's okay because our God is with us. Jeremiah 29:11. for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Oh, man, there's so many. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. In other words, we have a promise of God to live with him and reign with him forever. Psalm 18, 3, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. In other words, who can be against you when God is there to save you? Oh, my God, my God. Romans 8:28, And we know that all things God, in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Lastly, James 5, 14 through 15, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered 
in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. In other words, even in sickness, our God is a healer. My God, my God, he promises us healing and forgiveness. Beloved, I'm always running out of time, but praise God, we got the message out tonight. So as I close tonight, know that while our adversary is like a roaring lion, seeking to destroy all that is in his path. We have an advocate in Christ Jesus who can defeat our adversary so that we may obtain this wonderful victory in him. My God, my God, what, what can I say? He continues to bless us through his word that, you know, we don't have to live by the constructs or by the means of Satan, that we have an opportunity for those who are listening, that if you have heard something tonight and you said, whoa, wait a minute, I'm living like that. I'm living off the hook. I'm living outside of his will, and I want to come on home to my daddy, my father in heaven. The opportunity is right tonight, my beloved. So if you're hearing this, if you have fallen away and want to come back in, the opportunity is before us right now because he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. That is the promise he gives us in Hebrew. God, my God, bless your people tonight. Encourage those who have fallen away to come back home. Enliven those who have kind of just been in neutral and need to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of you in Christ Jesus. And for those of us that are on this gospel mission, that are on the battlefield, encourage us to keep pressing toward you, O oh God, in faith and in victory. That is our prayer tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and good night. God bless.